The following episode of The Book Guys is rated explicit for content and may contain lots and lots of violence. Coming up on this week's episode of The Book Guys, fellow British citizen, <laughs> fellow uh, writer joins us, Scott McKenzie all the way from the UK, and I'm going to talk about one of the podcasts that I've been listening to lately that I really want to tell you all about, and apparently they have a really great theme song. I thought our theme song was great, but mm, I think we're second place now to these guys. Stay tuned. The Book Guys Show is brought to you by hollowbooks.com, where they create custom-made hollow books so you can hide just about anything. Choose a book, they do the rest. It's The Book Guys Show. My name is Paul Alves in Toronto, where it's about 30 degrees Celsius. I think that's like 500 Fahrenheit or something, but it's really hot. This is The Book Guys Show, and I am joined this week. There's no panel. There is no panel other than me and our guest, and our guest is returning all the way from the UK, Mr. Scott McKenzie. How are you, Scott? Yeah, great. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me back on the show. <laughs> and we have a, a Sparky in the background. i got to open the door for a Sparky. That's the cat that's in our in our video intro. She has to leave. She has no interest in the show today. Um, yeah, how you doing, man? Oh, great. Um, got an audio book um, just come out. Another no agenda novel, and I'm particularly disappointed. So Jimmy couldn't join us. He'd rather go out for beers than talk about books. <laughs> yeah, just, just to, to give a little inside baseball, or as you guys would say in in, uh, in the UK, inside football. Uh, it is Friday and we normally record on Sundays here, but that would make it like, like Sunday or Monday at one o'clock in the morning for Scott and bad enough. We're keeping him up on a Saturday in, uh, in the UK. Where are you in the UK, Scott? Um, a little town called Wilmslow, Cheshire, just south of Manchester. Ah, oh, you're from the North, are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope so, I don't sound like that. So, so, so are you a supporter of the, the Manchester United or the Manchester City? The Manchester United. Nice, nice. Of course. <laughs> hey, nice. you you got to be happy Portugal are in the final. Oh, yes, yes. Very happy. And uh, we got a big big game on Sunday against the France. The home team favorite. <laughs> Who everybody else wants to win. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's hating on the Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, I mean, yeah, he's a fantastic player, but he's he's easy to hate. Yeah, and I know I'm going to give you, since you're our, our only other panelist, it's up to you. Do we start with what are we reading or what are we writing? Um, well, we can start with what are you writing. All right, because um, I'm, I'm staring at it right here on Audible, by the way, folks. You can get this for free just by trying out Audible, audibletrial.com slash book, guys. And I'm and looking at that? the new one here. You tell us all about it. It's the <laughs> Children of Hare Hill. Yeah, it's called Children of Hair Hill. It's um, my first attempt at writing a, a novel for children. Um, it's kind of 
based in a park, uh, a real park um, that's in the town next to ours, where we go with our children. Um, there are, it's a it's a small park with a path that goes round. There's a, a walled garden, and there's lots of um, wooden hairs, little statues of wooden hairs. Yes, and yes. so, our children who are um, five, Evie who's five, Alex who's three, um, love going searching the garden for all these hairs. And so. Well, that's neat. So they can go searching around for the little wooden hairs that are like hidden all around the park. Yeah. So that's what neat. we told them is, you know, an evil witch has turned real hairs into wooden statues, and so <laughs> it was it was that idea that got me <laughs> writing the book. Um, and so it's a story about um, yeah, a, a little boy and girl who um, go to the park with her mother, play around, um, fall asleep in the garden and then they wake up and it's the middle of the night their mother's not there and they have to solve lots of puzzles one at each hair to um, work their way out and discover a big secret um, and yeah I, I really enjoyed <laughs> writing it um, it looks like fun and, and your whisper sync for voice ready so that means that it will sync with the the text version yeah um, I mean the the audiobook um, has just come out in the last couple of weeks um, i used ACX um, which is the audiobook creation exchange so if you publish through Amazon you can then um, go and find a narrator um, to help you um, yeah produce Scott, the audiobook. we're gonna have to have you back as well um, we're gonna have uh, an episode soon we're gonna do like a an epic episode not epic meaning good in the world of Warcraft sense but epic being long we're gonna do a long episode that's just gonna be how uh, writers can convert their books to audiobooks because i'm sure that would have been helpful for most writers when they're starting out and uh yeah. it would be great to have you on and talk about your acx experience i know that's a great route to go to find uh narrators and whatnot yeah it's it's really easy if, if it wasn't for that I, I think it'd be very either very difficult or very expensive or both um yes. but um i managed to um kind of hook up with a narrator called Jennifer Gill um, she's based in the north of England as well and um, we haven't met face to face but um, she's kind of got the perfect accent um, oh, now, now you know what to now, go now with this book we, we got to prove it's it. set in the north of England she's got the right accent you know, the, um, the proof and, is and in the pudding can perfect. we play a quick uh, little sample here from the audible site oh I thought you'd never ask <laughs> here we go we'll play a little uh, sample here this is the children of Hare Hill by Scott McKenzie, narrated by Jennifer Gill. Ben was the first to open his eyes. The world was different, and he went through the differences one by one. The sky wasn't blue, it was black and speckled with starlight. The air wasn't thick with the heat of a summer's afternoon. There was a slight chill that made the hairs on his arms and legs stand up, and his head wasn't resting on his mother's tummy anymore. He could feel the hard ground beneath him. He sat up. He was still in the walled garden, but he saw it in a way that he had never seen it before, lit only by moonlight, pitch black shadows of trees snaked across the grass, and the garden felt much larger than it ever did in sunlight. He looked down and saw his sister lying on the grass behind him, with their backpacks neatly placed next to where the picnic mat used to be. Their mother, and the bag she had brought with her, including their father's urn, were nowhere to be seen. Ben felt a pang of fear. Charlotte, wake up, he said as he shook his sister awake. She rolled over, mumbling something incoherent that Ben took to mean, get lost. But he kept shaking her until she sat up 
and took in their surroundings. What's going on? She said with a shiver. And we're not going to spoil what's going on, are we? <laughs> oh, That's fantastic. She's doing the voices and everything. Fantastic. Yeah, um, and she adds like, kind of echo effects and things like that to it as well. It's 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 fantastic. It's you know hearing it in somebody else's voice. It doesn't sound like my book. It, it sounds like right. just <laughs> by proper author. Fantastic, and it's about two hours and what fifty-five minutes. So that that's you know what for for a kid that's that's like you know good two three sessions to get through it, and that's a perfect length, I would think. Yeah, you I know, think um, it's for we try to pitch it kind of um, age eight plus because it's a little yeah. bit sad in parts, a little bit scary, but um, with a happy ending. Oh, kids love scary. Some parents nowadays they're all about protecting the kids and putting them in bubble wrap. The best thing I loved as a kid was being scared literally shitless as I watched Doctor Who. <laughs> you know, hiding behind the sofa, as they say. Well, there's no rubber monsters in this one, I'm afraid. <laughs> okay, but you know, a, a little bit of uh, you know flexibility and emotion, happiness, and and a little bit of scared and whatnot. Kids love it. Yeah, um, a friend of mine um, started reading it to his five-year-old daughter, and it made her cry. So I think he's going to leave it another year and try again. <laughs> but you know, it, it's like as as kids. Uh, I don't know about you guys over in the UK, but we always love to. to go into the candy store and get that stuff that was really sour that almost made you want to vomit. It was so sour, but we yeah. had to still buy it every day. <laughs> yeah. Every day. Wow. Like, like we knew that we knew that doctor who was going to scare us or, or, you know, be a little bit scary or whatnot, but we still had to, cause it's the fun of life, right? The, the, the whole gambit of emotions, right? And kids start to get that after not too long. Yeah. I think, um, and, but it's, it's kind of different when you, become a parent as well yeah you kind of naturally protect it but i guess if, if you haven't got uh, of kids of course but i, like, I mean nah, the, the, the first the first peekaboo session is always scary for the kid <laughs> it's always scary for the kid but then they get a thrill out of it right <laughs> yeah oh so tell us about the story so so yeah so you, you had the, the park the neighborhood park with the the wooden so tell us the actual story what's the uh the so the, i mean the setup is that um the and that this where i said it's a little bit sad is the father has died um, and so two years have passed and they're going there to scatter his ashes. Um, and right. so, um, then we heard a mention of the urn there in the clip. Yeah. And yeah. so the, the children have kind of uh, drifted apart, you know, they used to be best friends and so now they've drifted apart and of course, um, solving the puzzles brings them together and, you know, classic right. story of, you know, um, coming together to, um, solve the problems. Um, that they face, um, and then they learn the big secret of the park, which I couldn't possibly give away. No, um, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. <laughs> and yeah, it was um, it it was just great fun writing it. Um, you know, trying to think up all these puzzles that they've got to solve, um, and imagining my own children doing it at, at the same time. And so, yeah, I, I think uh, I'd like to go back and write the follow up. Nice, nice. Hey, if you write a follow-up, give me a chance to, to at least submit to you a painting for the, the cover. Oh, cool. I just I do it as a hobby. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> and if there's wooden hairs involved, sure, I'm in. I'll, I'll draw a couple wooden hairs. Oh, I might get you for the, uh, for the next No Agenda novel. Nice. That'd be great. <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, No Agenda novels, you've got quite a few out. Um, yeah, so the, the second, well, there's plenty of um, short stories out um the yeah. the second novel um came out at the beginning of the year 
um, the boy with involuntary social network disorder, um, which rolls off the tongue. Um, <laughs> is the it, whereas one day in Gitmo Nation was you know a kind of political thriller. It kind of it was like everything but the kitchen sink um, thrown in there. But this is kind of a, a love story. It's a story. <laughs> okay. A guy, just a regular Joe, who posts everything about his life online, um, and he meets a girl who isn't on Facebook, doesn't have a mobile phone, um, and you know, instead of whenever he um, gets to meet a, any other girl, he's immediately stalking her online, you know, trying right. to find pictures of her on <laughs> Facebook and Instagram and whatever, and of course, he can't find out anything about this girl, and so that. Um, draws him towards her more um, and it you know it doesn't sound like it fits in with all the conspiracy theories of one day in Gitmo Nation but <laughs> but it does it eventually leads into um, government surveillance you know the NSA I, I, I get it all the time because I, I mean my Facebook is rarely used let's put it that way so mm -hmm. so a lot of people on Facebook you're boring what do you do you don't do nothing like no, I just don't post it online for everyone to see, and and it was a really eye opener for one of my friends. I I told him, be careful what you post online. He's like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, okay, let's, uh, he showed me a picture of his porch, and I said, okay, there's a picture of your porch, and I can clearly see your like 50 inch television in the background inside your house, and I I just downloaded a piece of software uh, to the Mac, and got the GPS coordinates off his picture and showed him the GPS right on Google Maps of his home and exactly his porch. I said, do you see, like, you just posted to everyone on Facebook, which is like millions of people, come and get it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I think, yeah, the central character in this book is like your friend there. Um, he, it's, the, it's when the penny drops and right. he realizes, and by doing that, he um, kind of grows as a person and... Um, and pursues this girl even more right see the people don't get that it's not it's not the criminals that are idiots that get that are on facebook stalking you those ones go to jail the ones that don't get <laughs> caught they're the ones loading up the gps coordinates from your picture seeing you have a 50 inch television and then watching for when you post on facebook going to cuba for two weeks oh yeah baby as soon as they see you on the beach in cuba they're at your house, man, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They're taking your 50-inch television home in the pickup truck. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm I'm not as big a conspiracy theorist as the books are right. However, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be posting pictures from Cuba. <laughs> Don't and do then, it. you know, posting where Post I them after well. you get back, you know? And, yeah. and And turn the GPS off on your phone, man. You you know, with, they're pictures from Cuba. You know you were in Cuba. You don't need the GPS to tell you. Turn Turn those options off in your camera. Yeah. Just and just that. have a nice time in Cuba by yourself yeah. and then tell everyone about it when you get home. That's right. <laughs> oh, and I got to give you a... In the morning. There you go. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Anytime, <laughs> sir. Anytime, sir. Uh, we also have a Drawing Dead. That's another... Uh, that one's in audio. That's by narrated by Alex Hyde-White. Yeah, so that was my first attempt at um, producing an audio book. It's, um, it's a relatively short... Um, I mean, it's short for a novella. Um, yeah. It's a it's a story about um, a guy, a poker player, who's down on his luck um, and founds himself um, compelled to play in a tournament um, because he lost a load of money to one of his backers. Um, and he discovers once he starts playing in this tournament that um, 
him and the other guys around the table um, have all been backed by vampires. And yeah. so as each one of them goes out and loses all their chips, um, they get their blood sucked by a vampire that's standing behind them. Oh. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> no. And so one by one, they all get picked off. Yes. Um, and it was, yeah, the narration by Alex Hyde White. That was, um, I did all that through ACX.com. Can we play a, sound, a, a very quick, I'll do a couple, like 20 seconds of that one as well. Cool. Let's do it. Drawing Dead, A Tale of Poker and Vampires by Scott McKenzie. Chapter 5. I love his voice. Where to, buddy? The driver asked as Eddie got into the taxi in the neon-flooded night outside the Venetian. Eddie flashed the postcard at the taxi driver. Kings and Queens Casino. Do you know it? With an ominous smile, he replied, Oh, yeah, I know it. Eddie didn't like the taxi driver's tone. He felt like Alice falling down the rabbit hole. I, I just love, I love his, uh, the way he, he, uh, he narrates. Uh, he reminds me a lot of uh, George Guidal. Like a younger, oh, younger George Guidal who's done a lot of the Stephen King stuff. I mean, he's a proper actor. Oh, yes. I mean, um, the reason just the way I, he trails I, I, out. I, I, I approached him on ACX because um, I recognize the name because he's um, he, his character in um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Nice. And, um, Biggles Adventures in Time. And so that was a that was a film that I think you know, he was Indiana Jones. Me and my dad watched in the eighties. Wow! Um, and so you know, but I, I thought ah, it's that guy. I wonder if he'll want to record my audiobook. And so yeah, I just sent him a message, and oh my god, he does. Just, just so him cool. him doing the audiobook for you. It probably puts you like within three degrees of Keanu Reeves. You know when people do that game. How many degree, yeah, oh, degrees be, of Keanu? Two by now. Now, now, now Scott McKenzie's got to be like two <laughs> or three. That's awesome. <laughs> a great voice. Uh, I was I would listen to that one. I enjoyed it. That was uh, very well done. Alex Hyde White is the, his name. Who should have yeah, Alex on? Yeah, and uh, Punch Audio is his uh, production company. I'll just yeah, do him not? a favor of giving him a, an endorsement there. We're all about shameless promotion. It's all we do. Hey, um, <laughs> I, I earned nothing from that mention. Fantastic. Drawing Dead, A Tale of Poker and Vampires as well. Uh, also on Audible and Whisper Sync for Voice Ready as well. Wow, that's something I've never used. I've never used it either. But isn't <laughs> I it love great the concept. Work? I love the concept. But I've never actually because I, I, if I have a, I usually have two books going. I have an audio book going or an audio drama, and a, a paper book. The yeah, ne I mean, never it, the it, two it, shall meet. Kindle, yeah, Kindle or paper book and an audio book in the car. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, and never the two shall uh, meet. But uh, apparently, there is a use case scenario for that because uh, it's a big thing on Audible. It's a big thing, my friend. Yeah, I'd love to know how many people use it because I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it sounds like a great idea, but I've I've never felt compelled to do it. Me neither, my friend. Um, how about we take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk a bit more about what you've been writing and uh, what we've been reading. Sounds good. Sounds good to me too. Hey everyone, this is Les Stroud, and I am still surviving out in the bush. As a matter of fact, I'm walking my dog in the snow while I say this. I've also got lots of new Survivor Man shows coming on TV, and I'm really proud of the fact that my new book, along with the photography of Laura Baumier, is called Beyond Survivor Man, which is going to take you behind the scenes of how I made the series Beyond Survival. Got lots more coming, more books, more content tours, more Survivor Man. And you're listening 
to the book guys. Book guys. And it's a quarter to two in the morning in England, so uh, let, let's get this moving here, folks. And we're going to start off with... What's on your... What's on your Kindle? What's on your nightstand? What's on your... What's on your comic book rack? What are you reading? What are you reading? And, and I know we talked a bit about before the show. We cheated today, Scott. And we did. I, I know that uh, you and I have been reading the same thing for the last little while here. And uh, that is End of Watch by the one and only Stephen King, the man who has the brain of a young boy on his desk. <laughs> uh, I got to ask, did, did you listen to the whole trilogy? Yeah, so um, from the beginning. So it's been a book a year for the last three years, hasn't nice, it? So um, nice. I just jumped on them. As soon as, soon as they came out uh, I, I, that I, week, I was listening to them. The the Will Patton, um, his narration yeah, is just fantastic. fantastic. Narration. Um, I, I kind of plow through audiobooks. So, um, and I, I, I usually use players that are capable of uh, upping the speed. So, um, you know, sometimes two years goes by and I can't really remember exactly what happened in the whole thing, you know? So I, I when I, when I listened to the third in the trilogy, the, uh, this time I decided to go back and listen to the first two, which was the Mercedes killer, uh, finders keepers and then yep. end of watch. But you know what? At like one, 1. 1.5 speed, that's not, doesn't take too long while mowing the lawn or doing the dishes. Um, See, I've never done that, doesn't it? Sound, it sound a bit squeaky you, you or know, anything like that. No, because because if you have a good audio player like AudioPo or the Audible app, or a smart audiobook player on Android, they uh, they pitch correct. Mm-hmm. And if you slowly ramp them up from one to one point oh one, one point one, one point two, one point three, I get used to it. You get used to it, and you're okay. And especially if there's they're really slow readers, then you're okay. Uh, some, sometimes you can't really do that. I think an audio drama, I like to experience at one speed, of course, but, um, uh, just because I have recently listened to the other two, um, I got to say end of watch from the bill. Uh, let's go through the bill Hodges trilogy. The first one, uh, of course is the Mercedes killer, which has a great, uh, disclaimer at the end, of course, which is Stephen King saying, uh, by the way, the Mercedes is a great fucking car. And, uh, <laughs> uh, um, you know, usually large events do have you know, security things in place. So th- this kind of murder could not really happen. And it was only like two weeks ago that some guy tried to plow through a uh, crowd somewhere in the United States. And sure enough, he hit a barrier that came up and he was shot dead by police. So, okay, I'll, I'll give Stephen King that. There, You know what? You probably can't really commit this kind of murder um, at a large event because there are there's things in place. And the Mercedes probably is a really good car and, and probably not really good at killing people. But I, I, I'm sure that that disclaimer was put in at some point because uh, Mercedes, uh, you know, g- gave him a ring, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Mind you, he did set it during the credit crunch, so I'm sure yeah. at that point there weren't too many security guys on the payroll around so, the event when everybody dies. Yeah. So, so, so the the, the first one uh, centers around this Mercedes killer who plows his car into a bunch of people. Spoiler alert, though, by the way. Spoiler alert, folks. Um, you know, we'll hit the cloister bell in the TARDIS here uh, for the spoiler alert here. If you don't want to be spoiled at all for the uh, the Bill Hodges series, skip ahead about three minutes here. Um, but, but he does, uh, the Mercedes killer is the name of the, the, the main villain in the first one. And uh, uh, he ends up turning to uh, means of 
forcing people to kill themselves. Yeah. So he, um, he, he, and because it's a trilogy, we're not giving anything away by saying that the detective is still alive at the end of it. Right. It's the Bill Hodges trilogy. So you know, if he was a corpse yeah. in the last two, that'd be a really you know morose trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unless he was a vampire or a zombie or something. But yeah, well, it's Stephen it, King, isn't it? Of course. But yeah, it is Stephen King. But you know what? Uh, staying on, on that point there, it is Stephen King. Anything can happen. But the Bill Hodges uh, trilogy, the first one, was not really, you know, sci-fi, fantasy related. Just a straight detective. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was his idea of a detective. Book. You, you could have slapped a Patterson uh, name on it and I would have believed it. Yeah. You know, it's a Patterson novel. Sure. Well, um, I mean, it's interesting timing because these books came out around the same time um, J.K. Rowling did the Robert Galbraith books. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're, they're about as thick as each other as well. So, <laughs> yeah. um, But they're, they're very different. It's a similar setup, but they're, they're very different because it's different authors. You know, they're, they're, Absolutely. this one is definitely in Stephen King's voice. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, but you don't want to listen to an audiobook in Stephen King's voice, though. I've I've tried that. It's not good. It's there's not one good. needful things I listen to him reading <laughs> that one, and there's there's not many others that he reads. The only good audiobook re- uh, read by Stephen King, narrated by Stephen King, and in, 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 on Audible is on writing, because it's him talking about writing. I mean, you don't yeah. you, you know what he he's no uh, George Guidal. You know, I'm just saying, but, but the first one is, is, is grounded in reality. Whereas you, you could slap, like I said, you could slap a Patterson name on it and, and it would be believable. Um, the second one, finders keepers, uh, eventually does go back to the Mercedes killer, um, at one point and he returns into the, to the storyline. But, uh, for most of it, it, it has really not too much to do with him. Uh, no. Yeah. The, the thing I really liked about the second one is, um, that it kind of breaks the tradition for a detective story because the detective doesn't show up to about halfway through the book yeah exactly i mean uh, i think i i think when i read that one i didn't catch the bill hodges part two line or it wasn't even on the audiobook mm-hmm. and and i had no i was like when, when he showed up oh yeah and, and will Patton, uh whenever bill hodges is the main guy in the scene yeah i know he gets that that bill hodges uh you know voice on and it's like wow he's such a great narrator will Patton. Yeah, um, it's like he's—I don't know—he's like he's whispering it to you when you, you know, <laughs> you're lying in bed and he's reading it to you, um, and uh, it, you know. But it, it's got it's just gotta as hurt sinister him. as that sounds. It's got to hurt his voice to do that. Will that uh, the Bill the Bill Hodges, you know? Uh, you know that's got oh, to hurt. Sure, I'm sure he's well compensated. <laughs> I'm sure he is too. Um, no, no. Uh, focusing on the one we just uh, both listened to, end of watch. I think. Going into the the the, the supernatural route with this kind of took me out of it for a bit, because after yeah, two, you've got to you've got to kind of get over it. Because I think they make a good yeah. way, a good point, which I guess we're trying not to give too many spoilers away here. Um, it kind of fits in with what happened in the first one. If if you can, if you go it, along it with it, it does, it does, it does. But 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 it does take a it does go on a bit of a tangent into the supernatural that we didn't see in the first two, really. Yeah, that's the only thing that bothered me about it. But um, Bill Hodge is just a lovable character. Oh yeah, and it's uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a classic setup of a detective and um, a kind of female. Partner, I, I almost want to see in the end, Bill, um, and the kind of you know the relationship between them, and as they 
solve these crimes and things. It's yeah, this, this motley it's crew. King, it's it, it's just got that twist. No, that's the thing, folks. Uh, Bill Hodge has got this motley crew around him. This uh, you know young lady and uh, a young gentleman who I'm not going to spoil too much of the book, but they're they're definitely different from him. You know, he's an old retired, you know, red debt retired detective. You know, he's he's Uncle Bill. Yeah, you know. um, and and that's very similar to the setup in the Robert Galbraith books. Is that there's a kind of old retired um, army guy and a younger female um, assistant who becomes his partner. Um, but that's you could see that becoming a I don't know a Sunday night drama on the BBC with yeah, it totally, going on forever totally. and ever and ever. And this is about a 13-hour listen. I'm going to play a quick clip here so folks who haven't uh, heard Will Patton can hear his voice. Z, January 2016. One, a pane of glass breaks in Bill Hodge's pants pocket. This is followed by a jubilant chorus of boys shouting, That's a home run! Hodges winces and jumps in his seat. Dr. Stamos is part of a four-doctor cabal, and the waiting room is full this Monday morning. Everyone turns to look at him. Hodges feels his face grow warm. Sorry, he says to the room at large. Text message. And a very loud one, remarks an old lady with thinning white hair and beagle dewlaps. She makes Hodges feel like a kid, and he's pushing 70. She's hip to cell phone etiquette, though. You should lower the volume in public places like this, or mute your phone entirely. Absolutely, absolutely. The old lady goes back to her paperback. It's Fifty Shades of Grey, and not her first trip through it from the battered look of the thing. <laughs> it's Fifty Shades of Grey. But I, <laughs> I, I love when it's the Bill Hodges scene. The, even the narration changes to the Bill Hodges voice. Uh, Will Patton, kudos to you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I just love his voice. It, you can imagine him, uh, you know, he's not sitting in a recording booth. He's sitting in a bar with... Jack Daniels and a cigar or something. Yeah, that's it. That's his prep. His show prep is uh, <laughs> Jack Daniels and a cigar. <laughs> Fantastic, man. Um, what else have you been listening to, my friend? Um, I've been listening to um, uh, audio drama. Come on, you must have a jingle. Gotta love the audio Ready? dramas. We do have a, a jingle um, somewhere. Um, <laughs> audio dramas. I haven't heard that in so long. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one is called Alien Out of the Shadows. Um, it's an audible original drama, um, and it's based in the you know the alien world. I'm adding um, it to my wish list as I speak. And it fits in between Alien and Aliens, um, and Ripley's in it, and so nice. you can you can probably guess how you know the the kind of the mechanics of a story. And then this is a, a full happen. cast audio drama as opposed to an audio drama where it could be like, you know, a, a man and a woman do all the voices. I mean, we're, we're, there's a list of names here. Yeah. Um, Rutger Hauer, top of the list. Nice, um, yes. And um, the person, uh, the actress who does um, the role of Ripley does the best impression of Sigourney Weaver ever. Um, if, you know, <laughs> if you didn't know the cast list already, you'd swear it was her. Um, and so this is... Um, you know, based on a, a kind of mining ship, and oh, you know the way the alien stories go: bunch of people on a ship, then there's some aliens. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's most of the alien stories, aren't they? Yeah, I mean they're, they're all they're all zombie 
stories, aren't they? Outbreak. We'll, we'll take we'll thing. take a very very quick listen just to, to get the the idea of all the voices. Uh, an audio uh, full cast audio drama, folks. It's it's like you're watching television w- with the TV off and just the sound on, but it's written so that you can understand the story without any visuals, pretty much. And this is Alien Out of the Shadows, an Audible original drama. Come in. Sound effects and all. Samson, this is Marion. Vic, have you uh, dusted off yet? Storm's still bad down there. I can see it through the viewport. Uh, nothing, Cap. They're still down on LV-178. Waiting out the storm. Copy that. Just as well. We need a little longer to get Docking Bays 1 and 2 back online. Jordan out. <laughs> She's down there with the chief. They're getting the bays online or making out. <laughs> Jordan's a pro. And Hooper's married to the job. Uh, he's a darn good engineer. Seriously? It's seized up. Don't we have a spare? This is the spare. Do you know how much a pressure coupling costs? More than you and I will make working on this tub. The Marion is a fine vessel. Yes, Captain. We're alone. Yes. Lucy. Yes, Lucy. <laughs> that's great. I mean, you can tell that's they must have spent some money. That's this very well produced um you know you can hear all the the original music and all that sort of stuff in the background um unfortunately it is just you know you can guess the story yeah <laughs> a little bit predictable <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they've got to throw ripley in because you can't have an alien story without ripley yeah absolutely absolutely now now uh, audio dramas sometimes are a little bit expensive uh especially if you're a doctor who fan Scott, if you're a Doctor Who fan, especially, uh, I mean, you're British, doesn't mean you're a Doctor Who fan. You know, no, I, I, I'm not trying to be I watched, racist I watched here. the first few series at the relaunch, <laughs> and then uh, I just... I, uh, well, I was lost, a fan as a child, and, and, and it went off the air. So, uh, bigfinish.com, uh, Nick Briggs, who now is the voice of the Daleks, they're the pepper pots in the show, um, he, <laughs> he actually kept Doctor Who alive for decades uh, making audio dramas. I gotta stop saying, uh, why am I back to doing the other thing? Um, <laughs> so, so, uh, bigfinish.com kept it alive for years and years. Now, one of my big pet peeves with bigfinish.com is that their audio dramas are so expensive. Um, they really are. And, and here's a box set that's on Audible, and you can get it for free as your first audiobook again, audibletrial.com slash book guys for free. Um, this is $107.40 worth of the fourth Doctor's uh, Big Finish stories. The fourth Doctor, of course, being Tom Baker, and I believe he's now closer to 80 than 70. Uh, I believe oh. he actually is like 79. There's, um, on, on a side note, there's a, there's a version of um, Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens on Audible, oh, yes. read by Tom Baker. And yes. And yeah, this one does include Tom Baker. This, this does include Tom Baker because uh, he did start doing Big Finish a couple of years ago or last year, I think. Uh, and Louise Jameson, who plays Leela. Uh, it's written by uh, some great um, authors, including Philip Hinchcliffe, who, uh, who wrote the scariest Doctor Who stories ever in like the 80s and 90s um, to the point where uh, the modern day Doctor Who writers on the show when they want to make something scary, they say, Hinchcliffe, this shit out of it. 
So Hinchcliffe has become like a verb. Like Hinchcliffe, this story. Um, this is The Lost Stories, the fourth Doctor box set. And you get uh, six hours and 13 minutes worth of full production with Tom Baker. As uh, Sir Jimmy would say, and he's not a Doctor Who fan, but respect the scarf, my friend. Respect the scarf. Just need someone else to tell him it's all right. Well, I suppose. Yes. Um, same again, landlord. Right, right. What a devil! What's the matter? I think he might be dead. He couldn't. Give me a hand. Help, help me lay him out. Okay. Let's take a look at him. Seems to be breathing. If there's been an incident, oughtn't we call the police? I am the police. I'm in me civvies. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realise. I'm Harpin, Father Alan Harpin. Constable George Burroughs. Well, I'll phone the family, get an ambulance. What's going to happen to him? Mum will kill me. He'll be fine. Give him some air. Father, can you take it through to the lounge bar? Calm her down. Um, yes, certainly. This way, young... Um... Charlotte. I'll see if there's any injuries. I'm waiting for the Tom Baker He's my part. cousin. I'm supposed to be looking after him. And you have, my dear. He's in good hands. I shouldn't have gone near the Grange. It was stupid. I know what that place is like. The Grange? Don't you know about the Grange? Um, no, I've, I've only... Now, here's one of my pet peeves with Audible, Scott. Go on. If uh, the producer or the, uh, the person who puts the audiobook on Audible doesn't set or doesn't demand a certain uh, uh you know span of the book to be the the preview they just pick something out of their butts and and put it as a random sampling of the book where if, if you're trying to sell this thing with tom baker in it you want to start with tom baker britain 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 you know <laughs> and especially if they want you to spend a hundred dollars on it <laughs> you know by the way folks that is not a tom baker impersonator on little, little britain that is tom baker doing who does all the narration <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> But if you really wanted to sell this as a Tom Baker and, you know, a Lala Ward, or not Lala Ward, this is a Louise Jameson, uh, you really want to get Tom Baker speaking as the first thing you hear on the preview. Hello, Audible. Come on. I hope they're listening to you. I hope they are. I hope <laughs> they are, my friend. Uh, do you want to do podcasts next, or you want, do you have anything else you've been reading to, uh, lately? Um, the only thing I've got on my Kindle at the moment is the... Um, a book called The City of Mirrors, which is um, the last part of Justin Cronin's um, vampire trilogy. Sold. With, sold. As soon as I saw Scott Brigg as the narrator, sold. Yeah, it started with The Passage, um, then The Twelve, and now yeah, The City of Mirrors closes it out. Um, if you were to stack these up, it'd be about 2,000 yeah. pages. They're, they're huge things. This is like um, under the dome. This is like 30 hours. Yeah, um, but they're, I mean, but they're they're compelling. They're you know they're easy to read and um, mm-hmm. yeah they're really really good. Yeah. And 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 Give I, it a go. I can't debate you. I have not read this or even seen it, but uh, Scott Brick, I can listen to him for like a hundred hundred hours straight. Yeah, he um, yeah, it was his narration that got me through Atlas Shrugged. This is where it, uh, yeah exactly yeah thank you <laughs> you know, but this is one of those I can play the sample right now and it'll be good. Chapter it's, seven. Chapter seven. One. That is the best way I ever heard anyone say chapter seven, one. (laughs) (laughs) But there was one who did not heed Zero's words, and this was Carter the Sorrowful, twelfth of twelve. 
and he instructed Walgast to guide Amy to the place wherein he dwelled, that they too might join against his fellows. 2. And Amy heeded this command, and left the place of Kerville for the place of Houston. And in her company was Lucius the Faithful, who was a helpmate to her, and a man righteous in the eyes of God. 3. And in the place of Houston, he could list. He could be listing off like his laundry list, and I would still listen. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a bit about the story, the City of Mirrors, because this is the, the the third book in the Passage trilogy. Yeah, so it's. I mean, it's a post-apocalyptic, you know, um, vampire outbreak um, story, um, and so the the books kind of dot around um, to before the outbreak, after the outbreak. Hang on a sec, uh, while I while I click add to wish list. Scott Brick and post-apocalyptic. All right. <laughs> and there's kind of at least three time zones. So there's just before the outbreak, just after the outbreak, and yes. looking back from a thousand years in the future um, oh. and kind of working out. It, uh, there's a kind of a team of people at a university reviewing what happened after the outbreak. Um, so you know humanity survived, but what happened but what between happened? the outbreak and you know a thousand years time um and yeah i mean it's it's, it's epic um but it all came about because the author's daughter um told him to uh, he said she said um she wanted him to write a book um where a little girl saved the world and so instead of writing a wow. you know a three-hour thing like i did he went and wrote three 700 page epics um, in a full trilogy, and um, yeah, it's, it's uh, high, highly recommended. So speaking of little girls saving the world, uh, Marvel recently has announced that uh, the the person that is going to be replacing Tony Stark is a 15 year old black girl. <laughs> you know, and, and at this point, I, you know, I have no problem with uh, Miles Morales being the gay black Spider Man. I have no problem with a, a you know a female uh, black. Iron Man, she, yeah. hasn't, she hasn't figured out the title yet. She hasn't figured out a new name yet. So she's still the female Iron Man. Um, my problem is, what the fuck is wrong with Tony Stark that he's like, he's got Spider-Man and this young, he's, he's hiring 15-year-olds to save the world. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Tony, come on. I'm sure you can find someone that's like 30 to, to wear the Iron Man suit. He doesn't have to be the 15-year-old girl. It could be a 30-year-old woman. Come on, Tony, you weirdo. Well, it must be about equal opportunities. Uh, but uh, apparently, the the, the Iron Man uh, switch uh, it came uh, naturally. It was just uh, they thought it was an interesting story that they wanted to do, you know, about a, a young intelligent lady that, uh, you know, caught Tony's eye. She was into the science and all that, and uh, she she basically uh, reverse engineers one of his suits from I believe some scraps that she found from a big battle. It could have been the battle in New York. Who knows? And uh, she reverse engineered his suit and starts wearing, uh, you know, making her own Iron Man suit. So Tony, of course, rather than putting her in school and, you know, giving her scholarship and, you know, giving her a job, uh, puts her in the Iron Man suit because 15 year olds should be fighting, you know, <laughs> apocalypse. <laughs> well, if you put her through college, then the comics would be a lot more boring, wouldn't they? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it would be Archie. <laughs> uh, hey, my friend. Uh, I know we're running late in England. It is about three in the clock in the morning, or if not more. Two. Just gone. Just ten gone past two. Ten past two. Um, as uh, you wanted to talk about podcasts. Oh.
podcasts. Why not? And I know you want to talk about no agenda. I know you, but we've talked. We, we've talked it to death. We love that show. We love no agenda. We love it. But I did. I did tease at the beginning of this episode that uh, I'm going to tell you about uh, a great, great, great podcast that I'm really enjoying that Sir Jimmy uh, mentioned. So Jimmy was the one that, that said, uh, you, you got to check out this podcast and you got to love the theme song. So a normal person would have gone to the uh, latest podcast, right? The latest episode and checked it out. Not me. I go to episode one. So of course, in episode one of the podcast, which is called, by the way, folks, Medium Popcorn, Niggas Spoiling Movies. Um, I, I went to the, the first ever one and I was like, okay, you know, the theme song's okay. I love the show. I love the, the, you know, they're they're both comedians and, you know, the, they riff on the movies and it's great. But the, 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 the theme song was them singing over uh, I Love Nile Rodgers. So it was a Nile Rodgers tune. Uh, if you ever heard the song Men in Black from the movie, uh, which is based on a song by Patrice Russian called Forget Me Nots, which is, of course, written and produced by Nile Rodgers. I'm like, okay, it was kind of fine. Okay. But, you know, maybe Jimmy you know, was exaggerating how good the theme song was. But then they got into like, uh, I don't know if it was their sixth or seventh episode and they just did this. Uh, here it is. I will play. I love this theme song. The best podcast theme song in the world. If it'll play. There we go. We are two niggas spoiling movies Yeah Brandon Collins That's me And Justin Brown for your moving needs Medium popcorn Woo! You haven't seen it, well we're gonna spoil it Spoil it in your face That's your warning uh. So if you get pisses or your Okay, maybe I'm just weird, but I love that theme song. <laughs> I think they've just thrown the gauntlet down to Jeff Smith. <laughs> they have, they have, and I'm, I'm, I'm right away. I'm putting out ourselves in, in second place at least, uh, and you know, maybe I'm a little bit. Uh... Have you broken the news to Jeff? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> but but the first one was Nile Rogers, so yeah, I, I you know I'm good. Nile Rogers, you know, uh, if you haven't yet, uh, look up Nile Rogers on our stream, and uh, I did talk about his biography and. It really opened my mind and, and opened my eyes to how much of modern music was based on Nile freaking Rogers producing music. Uh, he is the most famous pe- uh, person that nobody knows. Um, yeah, and but uh, never mind the theme song. Yeah, it's fun. You know, they have a good time. And yeah, they're going to spoil the movies. But uh, they do have some interesting conversation about these movies. Uh, each episode is usually about either a series of movies or a particular movie. And uh, they go through uh, all the funny things. And, of course, they are comedians. So they, they do a show weekly at a you know, local in New York uh, comedy house. And they, they do their actors as well, I believe, both of them. And it's just a lot of fun. And we're going to have uh, both of them on. Brandon Collins and Justin Brown. Uh, hopefully they will join us. Sometimes people say yes and they don't come on because they don't love us. Oh, not, not like you, Scott. We know you love us because you come on a couple times. I think I'm the only one who does love you, though. Even 
it's uh, Jimmy and everybody else who was supposed to come up. Yeah, you love us so much that you're going to do us. <laughs> Welcome to Prize Aganza! <laughs> you, know, you know we love a Prize Aganza! My friend, you know we love a Prize Aganza. And it sounds like you want to give away something on the Book Guys show this week. Yeah, so um, one of the cool things about producing the audiobooks with ACX is they give me a ton of free download codes. So um, if anyone would like um, a free download of The Children of Hare Hill, that's on audible.com um, or audible in the UK, um, just go to my website, scottamckenzie.com, um, go to the contact page um, and send me a message and saying, give me a free download code. And if I've got some left, I'll send it over to you. There you go. And where can we find you on the tweeters? The tweeters is Mackenzie, but with a one instead of the I. So M-C-K-E-N-Z-1-E. Okay. Um, that was always my username for everything. So Fantastic. That's, that's why I am on Twitter. And give us our web, uh, your website address again, because people forgot already. They forgot. ScottAMackenzie.com. Nice. Nice, my friend. Thank you for joining us. Or joining. Thank you for joining me this week. I usually, I'm used to saying us. There's usually like, you know, five panelists. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Hey, maybe we'll do another Christmas one where we can pimp Krampus. Oh, It'll that be would be great. That would be great. You know what? I've been playing with Maya. You know, I'm, no, well, I'm not playing with Maya. <laughs> no, Maya's the girl that, that read uh, the thing with us. <laughs> no, I haven't been playing with her. The, uh, Maya, the 3D animation suite is what I meant. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, from uh, Autodesk. Um, and I was thinking maybe we could do like a 3D animated short. Oh, why the hell not? Hey, why not? Let's, let's we'll milk it we'll as talk. much as we can. Yeah, we'll, we'll milk that Krampus, my friend. We'll milk that Krampus. Yeah, I love it. Krampus, A Christmas Tale. We'll get that out. And you know what? We, we, we still play it every Christmas, no matter what. Oh, we do as well. That, and that's the, like a, a book the, guy's, uh, you know. It's like the uh, the Rudolph thing on on the internet. We we'll always play it. And the the video that Joseph Zim did that. Um, oh, that was great! Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, um, that was really cool. So yeah, can, can you shoot me a, li a link to that? Maybe I'll put it in the show notes as well, because th that was a fun one he did. Yeah. Fantastic, my friend. Oh, I know it's like three o'clock in the morning. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What happened there? As Adam Curry would say, that was a misfire. That was a glitch. <laughs> Yeah, that was like four pixels off from this. Thank you, Scott McKenzie. Thank you, Paul Alves. Always a pleasure. Nine o'clock in North America. Three o'clock in England. Just it's about. Been, we'll see you next time. Same book channel. Same book time. See you, Scott. See you, Paul. Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Book Guide Show will return next week. Same book time, same book channel. Ba -ba -ba -da -ba -da -ba -boom. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> oh, that was great. Thank you. See you, man.